You know, I gotta say, once you get past all the weird ideological shit, the neoliberal idiocy, the pointless abuse, the anti-Semitism, the fat shaming, the tacit misogyny, the absurdly underdeveloped allegory, all the chosen one bullshit, it's kind of a fun book. Alright, so chapter 16, Through the Trap Door, is the penultimate chapter, and it really, it, it's, it's, it's really something. So, uh, the chapter starts with, like, now it is time for their final exams, and Harry's like, crazy how I have to take these exams with the added pressure of some evil wizard wanting to kill me, am I right? And the exams are all, like, super whimsical. Like, oh, make a pineapple tap dance on the table. Turn a mouse into a snuff box. Kill a goat with your mind. And of course, despite the fact that there is an evil wizard conspiracy, everyone just instantly turns their attention back to pedagogical matters and leaves the crazy unicorn blood-drinking phantom out of their mind. And Harry's like, I have a really big and annoying headache on my scar. And Unbossy Girl is like, yeah, you should get that shit checked out and harry's like no it's not a sickness it's like a foreboding thing and so then harry's like i feel like i'm forgetting something and he's like oh yeah hagrid was tricked into telling the dragon egg guy about the three-headed dog probably and so he goes to hagrid and hagrid is like oh yeah you uh i got really drunk and i told the guy that gave me the dragon egg all about how to lull the three-headed dog to sleep by just playing music for him, and then he goes to sleep, and then I told the guy that you could just walk right past him to get any important thing that he might be guarding. And they're all like, oh no! And then they're like, we have to go to Mumblecore with this. But then they don't know where Mumblecore lives, and no one apparently knows where Mumblecore lives. And so they're caught then by Professor Catwoman, and she's like, what are you doing? And Unbossy Girl is like, we're going to see Mumblecore. And then the narrator is like, she said it really bravely. Ron and Harry thought. And once again, we get access to Harry's interior life, and for some reason also access to Ron's interior life. And like, Uncle No-Neck guy, we got access to his interior life, but never Unbossy Girl. There's just this weird selective omniscience with seemingly no pattern whatsoever, other than women are excluded. So it's like, golf or something. So then Professor Catwoman is like, so why do you want to see Mumblecore? And Harry's like, Okay, so it's super important, but it's kind of a secret thing. And Catwoman is like, Mumblecore left ten minutes ago to see the Ministry of Magic about some bullshit. Do you think that whatever it is is more important than the Ministry of Magic? And Harry's like, actually, yeah, it is. It's about a little thing I like to call the Philosopher's Stone. Maybe you've heard of it? And Catwoman is like, what? And she literally drops her books. Like, come on. And then Harry is like... Someone's trying to steal the Philosopher's Stone. And she's like, but that's impossible. It's too well protected. And Harry's like, uh, you left a gullible alcoholic in charge of it, so no, it's not. And then Catwoman is like, well, whatever. Anyway, Mumblecore is gone, and he's not coming back until tomorrow. And then she leaves, and they're all like, what are we gonna do? And the big stone removal is tonight. And fucking Snape, man, that guy, that fucking Snape guy. And then they turn around, and there's Snape. Like, just 
chilling, listening to them talk shit on him. But then he's just like, by the way, if you wander around at night, I'm going to make sure you're expelled from Hogwarts. And Harry's like, hmm, well, I don't want to get expelled, but at the same time, I don't want to get killed by an evil wizard. So I'll probably take my chances. If only I had something that would allow me to roam the halls of Hogwarts undetected. Something I could wear, maybe. He doesn't actually say any of that, but he probably thinks it. And then they devise the following plan. Unbossy girl is going to wait outside to make sure Snape doesn't go anywhere. And also Ron does his impression of Unbossy girl. And he's like, I'm Unbossy girl. I study hard and care about my grades. And she's like, fuck you. That doesn't sound like me. And then they're like, okay, so tell if Snape comes out and asks what you're doing there. Tell him that you're waiting to ask Professor Flitwick a question. And she's like, that's a good plan. Let's not think past the very first stage of this plan. And so while Unbossy Girl keeps an eye on Snape, Harry and Ron are going to the third floor corridor where the Philosopher's Stone is. Uh, but Catwoman catches them immediately, and she's like, get the fuck out of here. And it would be really cool if it turns out that Catwoman is in on the stone heist. Like, they promised her everlasting life or whatever, or like a lot of gold. But I honestly don't think the book is that clever. Uh, in this book, the people who are good seem good, and the people who are bad seem bad. And so they go back downstairs, and Unbossy Girl comes in, and she's like, Okay, so Snape came out and asked me what I was doing, and I lied, and I said I was waiting for Professor Flitwick, and Snape was like, Oh, okay, I'll just go get him. And then I didn't know what to do after that, so I ran away. Way to improvise, Unbossy Girl. Way to improvise. And so then Harry is like, Okay, time for plan B. I steal the stone myself. Fuck yeah, Harry. Get that sweet gold and immortality. And they're like, but you'll get expelled from Hogwarts. And perhaps more importantly, for some reason, Gryffindor will lose points. And in this really rare and weird moment of transgression from the, like, dominant strictures of the narrative, Harry's like, dude, Voldemort is trying to kill us. The points don't fucking matter. And none of this shit matters. So I'm going to steal the stone. And then he throws this out. He says, do you think he'll leave you and your families alone if Gryffindor wins the House Cup? So that was like a pretty good, you know, diss. And then he's like, the ultimate mic drop. He goes, Voldemort killed my parents, remember? Which is like, that is the ultimate trump card. You can't, you can't say anything about that. Like, hey, you're going to lose us points. Yeah, the dude killed my parents. So fuck off. And so they're like, fine, we're going with you. And he's like, but you'll get expelled. And it's like, what the fuck? Did you just, did you not just hear yourself? You just made good points 10 seconds ago. And now you're making bad points again. And so they come up with this plan to wait and then put on the invisibility cloak and sing the dog to sleep and also somehow get around the other charms. This part isn't explained very well. Maybe Snape already disarmed the other charms. I'm not really sure at this point what's going on. So they just, they're just about to leave. And then that sad weird kid who lost his toad sees them and he's like, I can't let you go. No more rule breaking. I hate you fuckers. And they're like, no, no, don't worry. This is an important thing that we can't tell you about. And he's like, I will fight you. You're the ones who taught me that I had to stand up to people and they're like, well, yeah, but I mean, not us. And he's like, I don't care. I'm the weird sad kid who lost his toad. I'm going to stand here. And if you want to get past me, you're going to have to like punch me or something. He's also holding his toad and the toad runs away. And so weird sad kid who lost his toad loses his toad again. True to character, that one. Always on brand. And so then Unbossy Girl like puts a spell on the weird sad kid who lost his toad where he just freezes. So she can just freeze people at will. And this hasn't been used before on any of the professors or any of the bad guys. Like, hey, why not just fucking freeze Snape until Mumblecore gets back? Or is this like a spell that only works on weird sad kids who lose their toads? And so apparently this is like some cask of Amontillado type shit. 
because apparently the weird sad kid who lost his toad can't move but his eyes still work and he's just like watching them completely incapacitate him with his sad eyes and then bossy girl is like i'm really sorry but i had to you'll understand when you're older and so they just like leave this poor pathetic kid on the ground frozen contemplating his own existence and then they put on the invisibility cloak and they leave and they see mrs norris who i think is like a cat or something i forget exactly and ron's like let's commit animal abuse on her just for fun and harry's like no that's a bad idea and so there they go and they see that trickster ghost remember that fucker yeah we're just getting a whole cast of like returning characters this is like the third beat of a herald or something everyone is just getting shoved in here at the end and so the trickster ghost is like ruffling the carpet so people trip this dude is like basically a giant osha violation i wonder how annoyed the like hogwarts legal team must be at this dude like seriously trickster ghost you are awful stop it and so then harry pretends to be the bloody baron to get the trickster ghost to go away which is something that i think one of the earlier chapters probably referenced but fuck if i remember it and this makes the trickster ghost all like docile and obsequious and then they can go past him and then they go and they see the door is already open and harry's like if you two want to turn back now i don't blame you and they're like uh no we're the brave people in the brave house remember so we're real heroes and we're gonna be with you so they go and they play the flute the flute music and the dog goes to sleep and then they step over the dog and there's a big drop down which they refer to as a trap door but i'm fairly certain the narrator is confused about how a trap door works because a giant hole is not itself a trap door a trapdoor has to have a door that covers the giant hole and that falls inward so you can like stand on the trapdoor and then be trapped. This is a giant trapdoor that swings up and outward. And so then Harry climbs down the hole, which the narrator refers to again as a trapdoor, and then Harry falls down it. And before that, there's this like brief moment where Harry contemplates falling down the hole. And I think this is like a real missed opportunity for the book to recall that trust jump on the train platform back when he was going to Hogwarts because the narrator made a big to-do about that trust jump and here's a similar sort of situation but we don't get anything that shows Harry's growth or anything just like no just he just jumps down it um and then Harry falls into like a plant-like thing and he's like oh it's cool guys you can come down there's like a plant-like thing here it's really soft and so the other two jump down and of course the plant-like thing pulls a little shop of horrors and grabs them with its like tendrils and starts choking them and Umbossy girl is like oh this is the devil's snare and meanwhile it's like choking the life out of harry and she's like oh it hates fire too bad i don't have any fire and have definitely never set fire to snape and ron's like you you are a witch you can set fires and she's like oh that's right and then she sets fire and the plant dies or whatever and so then they go down the dark hallway and they reach a room with a bunch of birds all flying around. And Harry's like, fuck, it looks like I'll have to run through this bird room. I hope the birds don't kill me when I run through the bird room. And so he runs through the bird room and nothing happens, but the door on the other end is locked. And then he's like, wait a minute, those aren't birds, they're keys. I hate it when I confuse birds with keys. Those are such similar things. And then there are like conveniently a bunch of broomsticks just laying there. And so they hop on and they start riding up to the key birds. And the book really likes making things that aren't birds into birds a little bit. Like, oh, this is a ball, and it's also a bird. And this is a room full of keys, and the keys are also birds. 
And Voldemort is actually just a bunch of birds in a cloak. And Harry is just going to be an old man looking back on his time at Hogwarts, just being like, it was all birds. Just a bunch of birds. The whole thing, it was just birds. And so then the bird keys are hard to get, but like Harry is a master Quidditch seeker guy, so he catches it and there's absolutely no suspense whatsoever. He's just like, okay guys, you go one way, I'll go the other way, and I'll catch it. And then he catches it. And so then he opens the door and there's another room. And then the other room is a game of chess. And so like some of the chess pieces come to life and they play real life chess. And for some reason, Ron makes Harry to be a bishop and unbossy girl to be a rook which he calls a castle, and then he becomes a knight, which is dumb. They should make them the king and the queen, because they that will be less likely for them to be killed. But maybe Ron somehow intuits that the way the game works is you don't need to win, you just need to get across the board. But then he tells Harry to checkmate the king. Yeah, so this makes no sense. I've thought about this. Makes no sense. And then the other knight gets killed by the white team, and they all get scared, and then the pieces all get killed, and back and forth and then ron has to sacrifice himself and here he's like you can't do that and ron is like that's how chess works man you got to make sacrifices and here he's like but i think this means you'll actually die and ron's like i'm not really sure i'm not really clear on the rules of this game which means that the stakes of this scene aren't defined particularly well either i sacrifice myself and i literally die or i don't or something else happens it's not really clear our narrator sucks at setting this stuff up and then the white queen beats ron on the head and he passes out, but it's, like, ambiguous if, he, if he's dead, which means he's not dead. And Harry's like, he'll be okay, probably, I don't know, maybe, let's go. And then they leave the potential corpse of sidekick Ron in the chess room, and they go to the next room. And in the next room, they see a dead troll. Uh, and they're like, oh, cool, a freebie. And so they just, like, walk over the troll's decaying body, and they go into the next room. And there's a table with seven bottles on the table, and Harry's like, interesting. And then purple fire surrounds them and then like black fire surrounds them on the other side and they go to the table and there's a note and it's like a fucking riddle in like rhymes like the fucking sorting hats that bullshit again it's like real fucking charming or whatever and it's like this is basically what the riddle says if you translate it into like normal english two of the bottles will help you one will get you into the next room which is where you want to go and one will get you into the previous room with the dead troll which if i know anything about rpgs that just means that you get like a do-over without any of your life being taken away and then so like the troll room is like a save point and then the two two of the bottles are just like actual boring wine and then the last three are poison that will kill them so basically three safe bottles one winning bottle and then three kill you bottles and then there's four clues and the clues are basically a fucking lsat logic game and so i get really excited i'm like yeah i'm gonna solve this shit and so the first one the first clue is that the poison bottles are always to the left or I guess, wait, the first clue is that one of the poison bottles is always to the left of one of the wine bottles, and the, the second clue is that the two bottles on the ends are different, but neither of them is the winner, and then the third clue is that all the bottles are different sizes, and neither the biggest nor the smallest bottle will kill you, but then they don't tell you which bottles are which sizes in which order. And so, and then the fourth clue is that the second on the left and the second on the right are twins once you taste them but they are different at first sight so they're actually they look different but they're they're they have the same thing so but this sucks because the author doesn't describe which bottles are which sizes so i can't play this game and i want to play this game because i really like lsat games and i'm really bummed that they don't let me have fun with it it's lame 
And then Unbossy Girl just like solves it by being like, okay, let me think. Oh, the smallest one is the winner. And this is such a fucking ripoff. And then Harry is like, okay, I'll drink the winner and you drink the one that gets us back to our potentially dead friend and then use a broomstick to go find my owl and tell Mumblecore to get down here immediately. And she's like, cool, I see no problems with the logistics of that plan whatsoever. And then she's like, but you're going alone. What if Voldemort is there? And Harry is like, I've survived Voldemort once when I was a baby. I can do it again. Because you can always do things that you used to be able to do when you were a baby. And she is like, cool, that makes perfect sense. I'm not going to question that. And she drinks her bottle of shit and she, oh no, 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 first, 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 she runs up to Harry and she throws her arms around him and she's like, you're a great wizard, which I think is, um, there is a subtext to that. And because remember, if you're a guy that completes his quest, your prize is the love of a woman because that's not a shitty patriarchal trope. And so then they drink their shit, and their blood turns to, like, ice or something, and it lets them walk through the flames. And then Harry walks through the flames, and he enters the last chamber, but somebody's... And this is what the narrator says. The narrator says, somebody's already there, and it isn't Snape, and it isn't even Voldemort. And that's where the chapter ends, like, on that note. So I bet it's Hagrid. I bet he's like, derp, derp, just checking on my stone. Still there. Or maybe it's uh, Dudley Dursley, and he's like... Who's the fat pig now? And he just, like, kills Harry, and that's the end of the book. That would be the best ending possible. Or it's fucking Fiery Centaur Guy, and he's like, Did you miss me? I'm Fiery Centaur Guy. And then they, like, dance, and that's the end of the book, and that would be awesome. Or it's a toadstool, and he's like, Sorry, Mario, but your princess is in another castle. That would be a cool ending. Or it's the stuttery professor guy with the turban, and he takes off his turban, and it's just a bunch of birds, and he's like, I've been birds this whole time, ha ha ha, and that's the end of the book. But, like, my actual guess is that it's Mumblecore, and he's like, I'm a powerful wizard guy, I know what's up, now get back to class, this was all a test to see if you had what it takes to be a top wizard kid, and you do, so congratulations, wizard kid. That's probably what's gonna happen, or something dumb like that, I don't know. Maybe it's Catwoman, that'd be cool. And it's like a switcheroo. Maybe it's Dracula Kid. Maybe it's fucking weird sad kid who lost his toad and he's like, I'm, I unfroze myself and I'm looking for my toad. Have you seen my toad? And that's the end of the book. That might be my favorite ending. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs>